Well, it's that time of the week. It's time to get over the hump. And this Wheels My Two Real Life podcast is brought to you by the Pinnacle Nutrition Group. And this is the Over the Hump Race Series podcast. Man, this is going to be an exciting one as well. I keep saying that, but a good longtime friend of mine, Sean Viola, and the founder and organizer and the announcer and all other things over the hump, Matt Wanger, are on the podcast tonight. We aren't racing. We should be recovering from the over the hump last night, and that was the season opener. But today, we are just talking all good vibes, OTH. And uh, Sean Viola's got two two boys that um, 15 and I believe 12 that are racing OTH week in and week out. Sean started in 2017. He's been racing full seasons ever since. So we just dive into his his journey with OTH and what it means to him. So, you know, it's going to be a good one. I'd like to thank all of our sponsors who get this going. Uh, Intense Cycles. I raced my Intense Sniper out at the OTH race series. It's a great bike. Uh, can't say enough about it. Looks good. Goes fast. Has some character unlike others. I'm stoked on my Intense Sniper. Ride 100%. Um, I'm always running my 100% shades at the races. Keep my eyes clear during those dusty days on the track so max's tires always rubber side down at least as much as i can now for those sponsor reels as you know it time to dive into this over the hump podcast presented by the pinnacle nutrition group have fun boys and girls Alrighty, thanks for everyone for tuning in. This is the My Two O Life podcast presented by the Pinnacle Nutrition Group, and this is the Over the Hump, Getting Over the Hump Mountain Bike Race Series. So today we have a pretty special guest. We have Sean Viola. Matt's on the line here. Matt Wanger, the founder of Over the Hump. How's it going, guys? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. Matt? Stoked to be here, man. This is a fun uh, time. I know that yesterday would have been our our kind of delayed first race and so to have you guys be able to hang out and sean to have you join with us i mean typically your your kiddos would be pushing me over at the start line uh on the start so here we are we're uh, talking about it instead but super stoked to be here yeah i mean this is this is you know we <clears throat> once again we we won't talk about that c word the c word's never a good word to bring up <laughs> but uh you know what you sh- uh matt you'd be recovering from a long day and a lot of people will be recovering from a long hour of suffering. And I think today we're going to touch on what, you know, Sean's been a, a good friend of mine for a lot of years and his family's close to mine. And I just wanted to have Sean on, on this podcast because he's a real guy with a real family that really enjoys sharing the love of mountain biking. And part of that love is his weeknights at over the hump. So I think it's only fitting to, to bring him on and tell his story and his family's story. And, and Matt, you know, you can reiterate what, you know, those families mean to you. So Sean, give us a little kind of breakdown of how you got it, how you and your family got into mountain biking. I mean, that's kind of what bridged our friendship. I mean, we, we, we got to know each other because of two wheels and. Yeah. So, um, I would have to say about four or five years ago through mutual friends of ours, um, Got me into a mountain biking. Didn't always kind of had one, but never really ridden it. Kind of was a, a closet hanger in the garage. 
um, but uh, I got a b- good buddy of mine who just kind of got me got me a mountain bike. I actually just picked it up from the store and brought it home for me and said, "You're going to start mountain biking with me." <laughs> so then, uh, and then my oldest son's uh, let's see, seventh grade year, he had some, he was going to school and he had some friends that learned about NICA. Yep, and that uh, kind of got him the bug and got the family a little bit more motivated. And then through a couple of my buddies that uh, told me about Over the Hump and we're doing this Tuesday night and I was trying to figure out what that was about. So uh, I went like on my own one or two times and then I want to say living in Canyon Lake, which is really close to some XC trails, started uh, pedaling a little bit more with them, getting a little bit faster, a little bit more of the bug, was loving the consistency of riding and eating healthy and having something to be motivated for instead of uh just sitting around in backyard barbecuing every single night (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure so i would say like um i think in 2017 was my first full year of over the hump started started out then and um yeah i was i've been hooked ever since i mean every year that's what i try to peak my performance going into the season and um, battling with your buddies and the camaraderie it brings it's it's been a a great fun thing man I can't get enough with my wife comes both of my boys race and showing up to the races with all my buddies and hammering it out and then having a good excuse and and something to uh, enjoy afterwards and, and talk a lot of smack drink some beers and <laughs> compare times yeah all the kids are out there running around having fun at, at the, all the games that these guys put together for them and yeah it, it's a pretty remarkable um thing matt's put together and it's not dead that's for sure i don't have, we don't have to talk about it in past tense yeah. right like and i thought you are but i think it's <laughs> i hope not <laughs> yeah so, so matt like hearing these stories from you know a guy like sean you know that he always makes sure he has the best equipment provides for his kids the best he can and watching like you said Braden sitting on that starting line eager to go in that simple green leaders jersey what what is this what kind of drives you to continue to work hard and, and make it better each and every race yeah, I mean, I think the the really cool thing, um, hearing stories and then, you know, like I was actually looking back through some emails that you and I have exchanged over the last year, Sean, this week, or just as we kind of get ready to jump on the call. And I mean, it's it's fun to watch their progression. I know that, uh, you know, Braden raced two, two classes last year. Um, he raced the kids category, he raced, uh, he raced in the junior category. I mean, like when you start thinking about what, what it is. I mean, we were talking about some of the families and some of the guys who had joined in and, and sort of cut their teeth on racing. Um, Sean, your, your boys are, are perfect examples of that. I mean, like they come in like, because you like the typical story is at least it was, I think it's getting more like, Hey, the kids are now starting to drag their parents out. But originally it was your story. Sean was like, Hey, somebody would come out, they'd ride two or three races and they'd say, Oh, this is also something really cool for the family that we can do. So you're not cutting their wife and kids out. And, and I mean, granted, you can have dinner and a, and a beer out there at the end and they can grab their Slurpees and cone ice and whatever. But um, it, it's something that you can kind of share. And like you, I mean, I go ride with my girls now. And and it's like the competition is sort of what gives them something to drive for. So it's not just dragging them out the door. But it's it's truly like families come in. And, and to think like, yeah, you're at Canyon Lake on the other side of, of the the 
15 and, and, uh, and the 91 and coming over. And I mean, you could go to, you know, a couple races, you go quick and dirty, you kind of end up in a couple different spots. It's really fun for me to see like this mesh of people who can kind of come from all different areas and end up landing on a Tuesday night, high-fiving and excited about being together. It's that, yeah, it definitely is one of the things that drives the team for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, in the very beginning, my kid could barely ride a bike and, but the whole family would go out and hang out in the grass and the, the wife was having a good time with all, all the girlfriends and cheering on more than just their kids, just the support and the love and, being so happy to cheer everybody on just totally drives the mountain biking. When I got into this scene, I couldn't get over the fact that so many people are so positive, no matter at what level you're at. Like I ride with Sleater. I ride with a bunch of guys that are typically a lot faster than me and they never make you feel like, man, I don't know if I want to ride with you today, you know, or you need to keep up more or it's always like, man, you crushed it today. Good job. Like it's always so upbeat and so positive. And I think that's the number one thing that I love about mountain biking and even racing over the hump. It's, it's so positive. Yeah, I can, I can say Sean, like, you know, <clears throat> you know, we, there's a little bit of a gap between our peak and our peak, right? Like our level, but whenever I call you for a ride or any of our circle of friends, we're kind of all over the place when we peak and when we don't peak, depending on what our, our life journey is, right? Like one of us might have two weeks where we're traveling for work and one of us might have two weeks where we just go on a bender eating burgers and beers, you know? <laughs> so you, we, our peaks and valleys, we don't do this for a living, but our friends will hold us accountable to get out. And whether you're having a good day or a bad day, we're always smiling at the end, you know? And that's, I think over the hump represents it's accountability for us to get out on a Tuesday night to just really, okay, we're coming. And I've, I think last year I texted on every other week, even though we were having a tent there with PNG, what time are you leaving? What time are you leaving? <laughs> like, just because I was, I, I kind of wanted to make sure that our crew was there and, and, and supporting like a band of brothers. And it, it's, it's the bicycle world is much like that. You know, it's not about just, it's not about just you and your performance it's about the story. And I, I really enjoy the story time afterwards, the comparing of Strava segments, the just the whole gamut. You know, some people come there just to the nines. Some come there just on a huffy with their board shorts, and it, it doesn't matter. There's no, there's no, and from my side of things, there's no highs and lows to it. Agreed. Right. What do your boys get stoked on, Sean? With, uh, I mean, like they're obviously coming out. They probably have some friends. There's, uh, there's banter throughout the week. There's probably even based on them racing both juniors there's probably even a little inner talk in the family as far as who's going to do what yeah week. yeah typically the wife starts that she's uh doesn't race herself but she's really competitive coming from an ice skating background and she loves the work that they put in during the week and the motivation and, and setting goals with the kids so that's uh what she gets pretty excited about um i think just the aftermath of it all of just knowing they laid it all out on the line Hey dad, I improved another spot or two this week or um just just in hanging out with their friends afterwards comparing stories and playing like a lot of the games that you guys put together like I know one of my kids won something on one of those contests where you said who could blow up the inner tube the fastest in the pump until it pops. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just all that stuff keeping it fun, keeping it a family sport. Uh, uh, at least at your venues, you know, it doesn't need to be all serious in which it typically isn't. 
and so it's all good so um yeah they just have a great time and look forward to it i have to say they probably look forward to that event more than any other nika race or any other race because they know it's just all about the fun yeah and you know i think the the interesting thing is watching like your boys develop and um and looking even at the like where they're finishing i'm actually staring at the at the screen over here and like looking at where they're finishing and so like we had last year um you guys kind of came in with with kind of very similar times I mean, sean you were you were racing you ended up 11th in the series um for the super sport uh men in the 36 through 49 yeah i got a, a, super, a, a rude awakening moving up to super sport I the super sandbagger class I is what that is that's I, the super sandbagger class i, I want to go back to the, i want to go back to that i'm not done yet okay. i'm not Sorry. done yet but i want to go back to the whole sandbagger conversation because that is one that i think is a hot topic let's, that we can discuss but but i mean what i was going to say i need to get off this because i will forget but I mean, we got Gavin over here in eleventh place in the boys juniors, and then Braden, who's uh, what four years younger, but he's he's finishing in sixteenth, and he also had already. I mean, a case could be made if you really wanted to rib Gavin a bit. Like Braden had already done a race; like he was on his second race by the time we came around. So, if uh, if you want to talk studs, and when your boys are listening to this later, I don't know, Braden, Gavin, we might need to have a shootout later on, but. Uh, <laughs> So, well, but one definitely has a little more yeah. fun than the other one. One takes it a little bit more serious, but I, I think they both enjoy it equally at the end of the day. Totally. Yeah, and and I, I don't, I don't mean to cause like total sibling rivalry <laughs> here. I know, like, I know my brother and I did that anyway, but like, so Mike, one of the things that, that, that I was scrolling through here earlier and, and getting ready to talk to you guys is Sean and I have exchanged a couple of emails back and forth about, Hey, you had a great finish this week. Congratulations, you graduated. I mean, I have like we've got a script now for uh, trying to trying to keep it positive when we talk about people moving up. And I think that's you know listening to a lot of the moto stuff. Like, there's always kind of this graduation rules of how you do that, where you go next, what upgrade to what CC you're going to be racing. Like, there's all kinds of things that we talk about in racing. the The one thing that's kind of unique to over the hump is we have a point system, but we also want to keep it on a level. So like if, if Sean, you come in and race the first time and you're hot, you're, you're moving up because your competition is going to be there. We want to keep it fair for everybody. But what was your first impression of that? Like, as far as like coming in and, and testing out the competition scene where you were Sean, and then, and then kind of reevaluating and then even, even like, you know, pick us apart. Like what, what could, what could we have done better to make that a better experience for you? I mean, I, I'm, I'm all about making sure that we, we give every racer, including the guys like you that got bumped the best experience for all the races that you're doing. No, I mean, I think you guys are doing a, a great job on handling it. I think you promote like, Hey, if you in the series in fifth place the prior year, you know, we suggest you move up. Um, and I kind of followed that guideline. I mean, the first full year, I didn't know where I was at all. I took it a little bit more serious. I jumped in the beginner class and uh, got second. So I went into the intermediate class and I believe I finished second that year. Um, so then the next year I moved up into sport. I think, I think the year I finished in sport, I was either like fifth or sixth. Um, didn't come into the year as much training when I moved up to super sport, but I, or sport. So I signed up for sport again the following year and I won the very first race and, I didn't even 
wait for the bump up. I just said, you know, if it's my first race, it's only fair I move up. So I moved up. Um, so as far as that goes, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody out there that's just winning and waxing everyone in the non-elite class and not <coughs> taking it upon Will Hahn. Will Hahn calling Will Hahn. <laughs> <laughs> and not taking it upon themselves to typically move up. Like, I've never never uh, come across that issue myself in, in any of my classes. So um, I say it's all, that's all good. Um, if I was to say any anything negative or not negative, but that could be changed. But you guys already addressed that was was last year. You know, with Braden racing the I think it's the the nine to eleven or ten, you know ten to twelve class, whatever one he was. The the kids were the top kids were so competitive in that class, and they wanted they knew what a good start was because you had such a big gap. You had some pretty legit riders like the top five, and then you had another 15 that are still new to the sport trying to learn the ropes and so they would line up like an hour before the race starts and they're out there baking in the sun missing all the pregame activities so when you guys started doing call-ups i think it was the last two or three races i think that's perfect i think you handled that well and should keep that going in the future like he's graduated out of that class so i don't think it's a big deal for for Braden. but i um i really appreciate you guys looking at that series because I just kind of felt like, yeah, man, they're missing half of what's going on at Over the Hunt because they're so worried about getting there early and just standing in line waiting for the race starts. So, um, yeah, besides that, I don't really have anything else to to pick apart. I think it's cool hearing your story of your development. Man, what a bad dude. You just progress, 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 progress. So the pressure's on this year now, right? Like you hate your super sport in 2019 – going into 2020 and yeah there's no way i'm ready for elite yet (laughs) yeah yeah let's hope by the end of 2021 you're elite men like that that's the that would be the goal that's the goal right i think you can get there that's that's for sure i mean you gotta gotta lay off my diet if that's the case you gotta get you gotta get more on the uh on the png uh diet not not the winger diet (laughs) (laughs) the chicken wang (laughs) yeah no you know that's interesting thing too like mike you Talk a little bit about, like, as a youth racing, I mean, and getting into the scene, like, you've been around it all, and you've kind of seen all kinds of different racing, but, like, what was it like for you as a kid racing and coming into, like, the moto scene, and was it an intense thing? Were you feeling pushed, baseball dad-ished? So, I have a kind of dynamic, like, dynamic situation. I was a really, I was racing moto at age three and a half. Um, in at Barona Oaks in 1984, and then um, with Ron Lachine, Rick Johnson, like that was the era. Ryan Hughes was a neighbor of mine. Um, I just got to Mike Craig. There's a, my brother's eight years older than me, and he that were all his friends group. So I was being able to be in an era of the building of superstars at Barona Oaks. So from three to nine, I was a really phenomenal PW50 racer. And at nine years old, I got hurt on my modified PW, and I got scared, and I started sandbagging and wanted to ride that bike. And I didn't want to ride that bike anymore because it scared me because I thought throttles on a stick because that's why I crashed. So my dad's like, yeah, this is we've gone too far. He doesn't want to race right now. Like, he's scared. They just pulled the pin. So I started, stopped racing. And then this is when it starts, the, the, the rebuilding of what I wouldn't think in a career at the time, rebuilding of fun and racing. In 93... 
I started racing the 80 beginner class, right? And my dad's like, do you want to race the beginner class or do you want to race novice? I'm like, no, I want to win, <laughs> right? You you hear this too, right? So this is, yep. I want to win. It was a GFI race at Paris Raceway. Tons of riders show up. There was 35 guys in the 80 beginner class or young men, and I got 28th. I got smoked because I wasn't, I was although I was riding from 9 to 13, I wasn't racing. There's a big difference as you see within your series. A kid at the local sandlot and pump track is fast, but when they go against Braden Viola, suited, booted, it's a different deal. So I, I raced for fun, and the, vol, the, the, th- the amount of time my dad put in, I got out. I graduated, you know, through beginner in a year, you know, nine months to a year, then to in, then novice and inter- intermediate, very similar to what you've done. And I can say, not because you're part of this show, that I think you do it right with how you 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 transfer riders through the class. You look at times. Um, I think it's very very seamless to what where you should be. I think it's you have data that drives it, and I think the people that come through the over the hump class that if they're chasing trophies they can go buy one at the pawn shop if they want it's about having an experience and me i'm too proudful or prideful to to drop down i'll take you know i had a real horrific injury a while ago and i didn't i was going to drop down a super sport no once an expert always an expert because that's how moto is once you're a pro you can never drop down as an amateur as a professional motocrosser i can never ride the amateur class ever again on a dirt bike but that's the interesting thing about mountain biking, and I think it's, I, I think there's something different about it, and and we could kick this around, but you know, like, let's say, you know, Sean, you come out this year and and you're racing great, you get three races in, and and you blow up your tib fib, and and you're off for a year, and you start eating Twinkies, like the reality is, like, that guy is going to come back at a different level, a different kind of racer. And he's going to have a different fitness. So you have this, you have this level, like I could go in and I could race with, you know, some people would say, you know, at a novice bike handling level, but I could, if we were just talking about bike handling, I'm not a novice, I'm not a beginner, but you start talking about fitness. Now you're talking about a whole new engine. You're talking about, uh, about a level of, of getting back into fitness. So we've had guys kind of go back and forth between the, between the, um, between the levels, but you know, um, I think that's the thing that like with these kids coming up, Sean, going back to the, going back to the, the kid conversation. I mean, Mike talked about his dad. What, what is it that you're talking to your kids about? You've already kind of assessed. They've got different personalities that, that one's going to push and one's going to have fun. So as a dad, you kind of reinforcing the best of those and trying to make it the best it could be for both of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I tell them, you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it and, and, you know, where, you know, where do you want this to go? And as parents, we're here to support you and push you along the way. And we've introduced, you know, all the sports. We, we were the, that typical American family that started off in T-ball and soccer and, you know, golf and said, you know, um, this sport isn't the only sport for you and we're here to support you in whatever you pick. And, um, you know, I think uh, they they found their niche and they found what kind of drives them and what they have the most fun with. And, you know, as we tell them as long as you're not couch potatoes, you know, we're, we're here to support you. And, you know, um, so, yeah, it's like, you know, my oldest son's pretty good on his enduro and he loves to the camaraderie and he loves to ride wheelies and, you know, but suffering's not for everybody. And 
I get it. It's uh, man, it takes a special breed to want to sit there and train four days a week, five days a week and suffer day in and day out. Or, you know, hey, I love hanging out with my buddies and we love the, the, the camaraderie. And we love to push it. So I think it's it's a great sport because you you can have both sides of the spectrum. Well, I'd like to touch on that and suffer in that input and output. But before we do that, we'll take a quick commercial break for the over the hump sponsors. Hi, I'm Bruce Fabrizio, inventor of Simple Green. Like you, I'm a big sports enthusiast, and I want my gear to shine like new. That's why it's clean with Simple Green, the concentrated cleaner that's perfect for making your auto, RV, cycling, boating, and other sporting equipment look like new again. Try it today. If you're not 100% satisfied, I'll give you your money back. Visit us at simplegreen.com. Simple All right, Sean, you just touched on, you know, your sons being a yin and a yang, essentially, right? And one likes to have the camaraderie, and gosh, he's just the funnest kids to be around, right? And it's, yeah, you know, Gavin just wants to do wheelies and nose wheelies and blow up tires and do whatever, and, and he enjoys the racing and doesn't complain, but he doesn't want, doesn't have that, that, that just suffer, that Braden will just, he'll, I've trained Braden a few times and he will just do whatever I ask. He's a pleaser. So to see that camaraderie and then see that suffer and both of them being raised in a way that they understand the value of what they're doing, I think is huge from a, from a, you know, a a guy that has a nine year old and a seven year old and your boys being a little older. But one thing that I, like I said, I want to touch about was the input and output. And this goes from a parent to their kid and, and a guy that's 50 years old you don't expect a result without what something that, you know, you're racing, say, Jack. John and Jack are racing, and John wants to beat Jack. Well, Jack is a multimillionaire, sold his business at 30. He can train six days a week. He has the best equipment. But John, on the other hand, he has to work 40 hours a week plus. He doesn't have the same equipment, but he's expecting his result to be better. Everyone's journey is different. And you have to really look at, I think, as a competitor, are you putting in the same and expecting more, or are you putting in the same and expecting less, right? So you got to think it's very important as a parent, if you're looking at a, a, a daughter, a boy or a girl that puts in more work than your son or daughter, you should really look at, well, am I giving them the tools that the other parent's giving them? And it's, don't make it about competition, but be fair to your own child or be fair to yourself that you know what, I'm not putting the same work in that, you know, Mike Camp's putting in, so why should I expect to beat him? Because that's what is dynamic about cycling and mountain biking is it's what you get, what you put out, you get back, right? I think, you know, or what you put in, you get back out, you know, and if you you put the work in, you'll get more of a result. And sometimes we put too much work in and it goes the other way. We we get overtrained. But when I watch parents in all sport, you know, T-ball, sick T-ball, and they're yelling at their son to be better and be better, but – Meanwhile, he didn't take their, his son to the batting cage five days a week. The kid that did hit two doubles and got two RBIs, that, that boy was committed. He went to the batting cage five days a week. So I encourage parents to really take a step back when you want your son or daughter to win. Are you putting in the same effort as the other parents? Because there is sacrifice, right? There is sacrifice that comes with success usually. And 
at a young age, there's three recipes for success in my opinion, and it's kind of this way in business. You have commitment, sacrifice, and talent. Early age, the more you commit, you're going to be better. You know, the more you sacrifice, you're going to be a little better. And then there's that talent. And that third one is that talent. If you do that first two, then the person with the most talent wins. But I can say at the Over the Hump series, the talent factor is the most minimal. It's the, all the working class. It's the people that are getting off work to get there, to get over that hump. And I just want to really encourage everyone, especially parents, are you putting in the effort to see that whatever that number you want it to be? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I guess, what's most important to you and, and, and at that time in the family. And then if you're going to be that way, you're going to definitely have to put in the effort and the results. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, 99% of the kids out there aren't going to become professionals. So I like to try to make it as most fun as possible. Mem yeah. Memories, this is a lifetime of family memories for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing, like as a parent of this, like we grew up doing sports. And uh, so I played soccer competitively growing up, and that was a big deal to me. And I expected I expected to be able to have my, my kids do exactly what I was going to do. And it didn't work. They weren't good. They didn't, they didn't have a passion. They weren't excited about it. And so that's where we've kind of, as a family have said, Hey, one sport at a time and try it out, have some fun with it. No expectations, no, no big, you know, trophy ambitions, just go get exposed. And my girls are 10, 11 and 12 and they're all very competitive. I mean, it, you probably hear them in the background swinging at each other right now, but they're, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, um, but they, they all have kind of taken a different path. They do love riding bikes. None of them have really taken to the competitive aspect of that. And uh, and for me, like you, Sean, it's more about having the family together. It's something we can do together. Like when we end up camping or whatever, we throw the five bikes in and we go. And we're going to end up riding somewhere, doing something. It might be the ice cream store. It might be down the trail. Uh, but it's it's more of the unifier of what our family does. And, you know, when I asked my girls, we've traveled around the country for a year uh, back in 17 and 18 and we took our bikes and a couple blow up stand up paddle boards and a bunch of tubes that we would raft with. And like, we go find a drop off spot on a river and raft. And we always kind of asked them, Hey, what are you most bummed about? Like with this trip, what are you most bummed about? And even though it's work for dad, they were like, man, I just, we're, we're bummed. We're missing over the hump. Like we just, we want to see our friends. We want to get out there and play. So, you know, I, I think that it's not so much at least at over the hump and maybe other places, but, you know, baseball can be this way. Soccer can be this way. Like there's a certain level of people who are going to do amazing and be into it and chase it with all their heart. And that was me with soccer, but that's not my girls. And, and I love seeing them have fun and smile and laugh. And that's what it's about. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And, and you guys, you guys are, you know, more seasoned than me with parents, you know, as parents and with children, my boys are, Nine and seven, this would be probably their first year really kind of gravitating towards the OTH junior racing. So I'm excited for that to kick off. And, you know, I do want to encourage, you know, men and women, you know, as well, that don't get discouraged when you race. If, you, if, you, if you're not having that, that, that ride that you thought you were, take a step back and go, okay, did I work as hard as the guy that 
is in front of me because if you don't put the work in it's usually not going to come back out you know and if you well i finished fifth last year well there's a good chance you didn't work as hard in 2020 as you did in 2019 so take a step back don't complain about matt what class you're in don't drop down a class just hunker down eat a little better you know take a little better care of your body put some more miles in ride smarter not harder and you'll enjoy your your race night a little better i don't know i mean that that's just my take what do you guys think no, I've watched a lot of guys race, a lot of guys come in, and usually it's the guys that are smiling at the beginning that are smiling at the end. And it doesn't really matter what level. I mean, I, I'll get up, and, and you guys know, I, I I love to tease and mess with people at the start line and, and play around. I mean, it's it's my version of working out that night, so I get to I get to hang out and, uh, and be around the guys. And so when I'm sitting up front with Brent Franzi, I'm sitting up with Brandon Gritters and um, – and J.R. Wessling and like these guys come up and like we'll see Brian Gordon from Specialized show up every now and then and we've got some really high level extreme epic athletes you know you got Chad Jarrett who shows up like the guys who and all those guys I just mentioned are the guys who smile so I know I know people for one of two reasons that over the hump and there's you know we see 17 1800 different racers every year I know them because they're cool and they come give me a high five when I'm walking through the audience with a microphone and, and just say hi. And, and, and then I know them because they're an ass and, and like <laughs> that, those are the two, those are the two people I kind of get to meet. And, and there are a few there, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that there's a bunch, but there's a few, usually they're around for a couple races. In fact, uh, you guys get a kick out of this. I'm sure I'm going to get hate mail afterwards, but we'll just go with it. Let's um, do it. <laughs> there was a, there was a dad who was coming out, um, and his son had raced a couple races and, and in a couple different seasons. And each time he came out, he came out and raced like two races a year and, and came back. This was like his second season back. And he had a bunch of complaints the first season. He came back again the second season. His kid was like in the kids race. He went out, did a lap, got lost on the trail. Dad comes up to me like mid race, like, flailing like just roided through his head and he's in my face saying dude what are you doing you guys suck this race sucks you didn't have good signs you didn't have good course marshals you didn't have this you didn't have that uh this isn't a real race why would you even do that if you oh man i can't even believe you guys are in existence i'm like man i'm really sorry you feel that way and then and then my lieutenant came up adam came up and because hey weren't you here last year complaining to me about exactly the same thing he goes yeah adam goes well why did you come back like, why are you here? You know, and I, I, so we're talking and, and, and like I said, I mean, I don't want to minimize the guy's struggle and frustration. I'm sure a course marshal told him the wrong thing. I'm sure something happened. I mean, granted, we, we, we're not perfect. And, and, and granted, we, we, we throw up a race course from 10 a.m. till, till we start racing at practicing at four and racing at 530. I mean, there's going to be a mistake here and there, and we do our best to minimize those. But the, but the people who are smiling are the guys who go, Hey, can you help us fix that for next time? the guys who are part of our community, the guys who come in and they want like this high core, like big dope race and want to be in there. What we do is I walked him over to the cash register and I said, Hey, would you guys mind giving this guy his, his 60 bucks back for the last two races? And I'd love to see if we could find his car and help him go home. Um, I mean, this, 
it's just not about that as a dad. I mean, and then as I'm walking away, the guy goes again, he's probably going to listen to this. He's probably one of your biggest fans, Mike. So, but, but as he, as he's walking away, as I'm walking away, he goes, that's just, that's awful. People aren't going to come back. Like you're going to be the, this is the worst way to run a business. I said, no, sir, there's 600 people out there racing. Um, he goes, look, my son's crying because of you. I'm like, no, he's crying because of you. Like, uh, you know, as parents, we have so much. And I mean, again, that's a flash into a whole, one little tiny microcosm of the garbage that maybe I have to deal with every now and then. But that's not who this group at Over the Hump is. And I think when we find people that kind of don't get the culture and they're coming for the wrong reasons, they find their so they find themselves. We don't actually there. They can find themselves there on their own, kind of having to reconsider why and what they're doing. And and that's probably more of a life lesson than than a race lesson. But okay, exit hobby horse. Yeah, no, I you're 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 nailed it though. I think racing, if you can, racing's the toughest job you could ever have. So, I think if you can manage racing good and manage the highs and lows of racing, you can manage life. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, too, and it's like, hey, this is over the hump. This is a recreational race league for all levels. And if you're that serious and you're that, you know, you should be racing somewhere else where you're trying to get paid. Yep, and it's easier to learn how to win than it is how to lose so people when you i i want to teach my kids how to lose because they lose a lot more than they win and it's only uphill from there (laughs) yeah right like so i think learning to lose is a lot better than learning to win because the winning's easy the losing's the hard part so guys this has been really fun i mean i'm I'm stoked sean came on before we end tonight's you know episode of the over the hump podcast Sean, give us your favorite, like your favorite moment, just your personalities or your sons or whatever, but your favorite OTH moment from 2017, your first season. I'd have to say just racing with my buddy, Jared. Um, You know, we're both the same age and we both kind of got into it right around the same time. And we both went straight into the intermediate class and we were, we were finishing us like neck and neck every race and, I, I think I edged him out at the end for a second and he got third and we got on the podium to bet uh, together. And that was just all time. It just set the anchor for, you know, the future and how, how much fun the sport was. That's awesome. Matt, do you have anything added on tonight's uh, over the hunt podcast? You know, I'm just, I'm excited to be able to talk racing. I'm excited to be able to kind of reminisce and, and Sean, super stoked to have you and your family a part of the series. Um, you know, I, I love that dads and moms and sons and daughters can share the same passion and, and get into it. And um, so it's it's kind of a walk back, like having heard stories that you shared, guys. Like it's it's all from from all angles. It's just it's family. It's time to hang out. It's like I look forward to barbecues with my neighbors and people that I care about. I look forward to that over the hump that same way. So uh, this has been a good time for me to be able to kind of get together and uh, do a little like emotional nostalgia keep <laughs> myself polished up and ready to roll when we get back to racing awesome well for all you listening um do us one big favor support those over the hump sponsors simple green uh, rock and road muscle monster the pinnacle nutrition group i'd like to thank them personally for allowing me the time to to host this podcast edit it and get it up we are amateur hour here and uh, i hope you find some value in this this isn't some polished joe rogan podcast so 
this is my two-wheel life, sharing it with you guys, um, and everyone's two-wheel life is their own journey, so I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, have a good week. We'll see you next week, and I'm sure if you have any questions regarding when the series is going to take place or any info, check Over the Hump's Facebook. Email them at, you know, raceoc.com. Is that correct? It's raceoc.com, yeah, and uh, Over the Hump presented by Mazda has been a, like just a, a staple deal. In fact, there's a... Uh, there's a deal right now on that uh, 0% financing on 2020 models for, for Mazda. So if you guys are in the market for a car, you might want to go check them out. Make sure you mention Over the Hump when you're there. And uh, and the uh, Two Wheel Life podcast is a big way to make a good impression and help us get paid and, and uh, make the wheels roll. So thank you. Well, right on. Well, you heard it from Matt Wanger, the founder of the Over the Hump Mountain Bike Series. Thank you, Sean Viola, for having on. We can't wait to see what your family brings to the race series. And uh, – We're out. Thank you.